Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hi, guys. Welcome to today's episode. My guest is Vanessa Perlman, and she's a corporate attorney. She has mixed freelance legal work with running her own travel business. Uh, Vanessa gives us a really great example of how building a career isn't an all-or-nothing endeavor. You can mix and match. You can go back and forth. You can do whatever makes most sense for you, depending on your season of life or your interests. Uh, I think as lawyers, we just put so much pressure on ourselves about making the quote-unquote right decision, and it can be really, really paralyzing. Uh, And I think that Vanessa shows us that we can just lighten up on ourselves a little bit and it'll be okay. Like it will all work out. So I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure you will too. Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So I will start with a question that I start with for everyone, which is um, what took you to law school? So I think very simply, I was interested in helping people. Um, one way or the other. Um, But I was a history major. uh, So coming from that liberal arts background, uh, law just seemed to offer the most opportunities to help people in a variety of different ways. Yeah, that makes sense. So did you go straight from uh, undergrad to law school? I did. I went straight through. And then um, when I finished law school, headed straight into the law. (laughs) So did you enjoy law school? I did. I mean, it was very stressful, um, but I'm probably just an anxious person by nature anyway, so it was very stressful (laughs) for me. But um, I think that's probably true of a lot of people who end up going to law. Right. (laughs) That's that's our nature. Um, But I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the... um, in the substance of what we were learning and also the way it was teaching us to think. Yeah. Um, And... I acquired skills that I didn't realize I needed or would be helpful to me in life. So yeah, yeah overall, it was a good experience, yeah. um, if, if a bit stressful. Right. And <laughs> did, you know, did you know what kind of law you wanted to practice coming out? So I knew I did not want to do litigation. I knew that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a conflict-adverse person in general. Yeah. Um, so I was interested in more the corporate path, and I had been particularly interested in healthcare law. Um, I didn't want to be a doctor, but I was interested in doing something in the healthcare field. Uh, so that was a focus of mine while I was in law school um, and the clerkships I did uh, during mm-hmm. law school. And yeah. something I had hoped to do afterwards as well. Um, which sort of worked out um, in a roundabout way. Um, I went to a big law firm um, to join their corporate practice. Uh, they had a small healthcare practice, um, and I was going to be doing some work on that, um, though they ultimately assigned me to their energy group. So I ended up doing um, transactional 
of work in the energy sector, which was not something I had been expecting. I think that's so hard. It's, it's, it's funny, actually, for my job, I randomly was working on this project of matching mentors and mentees in a law school. And there are all these people that say they want to do sports law or entertainment law. And it's, you know, on the flip side, you realize it's, you end up just doing corporate. (laughs) Right. Like dreams you had in law school don't always pan out the way exactly exactly particularly I think with the big law firms you know you're kind of it's almost like enlisting in the military you're kind of at their mercy initially um, yeah in terms of where they want you and what they want you to do yeah absolutely um so how was energy law I mean that's kind of a unique (laughs) area well, I learned more about electricity than I ever wanted to know <laughs> and how it's generated. Um, yeah. um, you know, it was a great group of people um, and ultimately it was good experience. And it, it, is, it is basically good transactional experience, which yeah. even if you're in a, a specific industry, you're still learning those basic skills um, right. for transactions and um, corporate corporate work in general and regulatory work in general. So um, I knew it wasn't something I wanted to stick with long term, um, but it was a good few years of experience um, for sure early in my career. So you were in that practice for a few years and then what was your next step? So then I went Um, Mm in-house. I got an in-house job with a pharmaceutical company. So that was getting back okay, more yeah. towards the healthcare. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that was again transactional work, uh, primarily drafting contracts, um, M and A work, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I did that for a few years, um, and finally then reached the point where I made kind of my first big leap um, away from that traditional path and yeah. decided to go back to school. Um, and I went back and got my LLM, uh, in global health law and international institutions, which is kind of yeah. a mouthful. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, did a semester abroad in Geneva, um, which I hadn't gotten to do in my undergrad or, or oh, law school nice. years, um, which was, it was all around a great experience. Um, and I was interested in using that degree to do more, policy work as opposed to uh, more traditional legal work. Yeah. Um, so that was my, that was my hope. That was my goal. Um, and I did do some policy work um, as a consultant after I got that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately finding a permanent job um, in the field that I was interested in was uh, challenging, uh, more challenging yeah. than I had uh, expected. And so ultimately I did go back to, um, being a part-time freelance lawyer for a small law firm. Um, again, doing that corporate work that I had done for all those years, um, really just because, you know, you got to pay the bills. Um, and the law is there. Um, so I went back to that, and then around the same time, I decided to start my own business, um, actually in the travel industry. Yeah. So I spent about the next five years really doing the entrepreneur hustle, as I call it. Um, so what drew you to 
entrepreneurial ventures to specifically to the travel, um, you know, what kind of had percolated into, into that for you? It was kind of a, a, a result of the circumstances that I hadn't foreseen. You know, I hadn't predicted mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be in a, you know, a permanent position somewhere. Right. right. Um, but then being in this um, place where I was, uh, you know, a freelancer with part-time work and had mm-hmm. this kind of freedom to do whatever I wanted with the rest of my time. Yeah. Um, it kind of opened things up to thinking about, well, what do I want to do with the rest of my time? Um, right. And so I ultimately I thought about, you know, what do I love doing more than anything? And that yeah. is travel. So I decided to give it a shot to try something um, in the travel business. And yeah. my, my vision was to do um, uh, small group tours, mm-hmm. um, guided tours um, outside of the U.S. And I wanted to incorporate a, a philanthropic element to it um, to support some global health charities, um, mm-hmm. you know, still pulling in my interest in global health and everything yeah. that I had learned there um, and sort of combining, combining those two. Um, so I, I went down that path and, you know, I was ultimately, um, freelancing for two different law firms at the same time for a while. I was also working for some other travel companies. Um, I I led tours for some other companies in the U S and in Europe. And at one point I realized I had like five or six jobs. Which right. I really don't recommend. It was really <laughs> kind of I, stupid. <laughs> well, that sounds like maybe a few too many jobs. A few too I many. Do think, I do think it's an interesting example of, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing on these things that right. you were able to keep a foot in one place and explore another thing. Um, and this exactly. kind of idea of like a portfolio career, like that, that, right. that I think more and more people do. Yeah. And I mean, and law is really great for that. Um, I don't, some, a lot of people are surprised when I say freelance lawyer, because they're like, I've never heard of a freelance lawyer, but, um, you know, if you can connect directly with, um, typically a small law firm who needs support, um, but doesn't necessarily have the business for a, you know, a full-time employee, um, and you can just work for them. Like I did it on an hourly basis. They generally pay you, you know, half of what they're billing out to the client, um, yeah. which is still a very good hourly rate um, yeah. and much better than you would get if you're working through one of those, you know, placement agencies. Right. Um, you know, it's a good option and you kind of, ha- you know, you have the flexibility to work where and when you want. Um and how how does it normally yeah. work? Like, is it truly freelance in that it's kind of project based, or are they kind of like we just want you one day a week, or is it just whatever you work out with them? Probably it would depend, I think, on whatever their needs were. The um, yeah. the firms that I worked with, um, it was, I guess, I would say it was project based. Although mm-hmm. we typically had multiple projects going on at once, mm-hmm. so um, it was all M and A work, um, and so it was basically when they had work that they needed help on, yeah. you know, they would call on me, and so I would work as many 
hours as there was work to be done. Um, And so some months I would be super busy and basically working, you know, a full-time job. And then other months there would be very little. And that's the downside. Um, If you're relying on that as your primary source of income, it's, it can be um, inconsistent. Right. And also probably hard, a little bit hard to manage your other, you know, business on your, which probably can't tap in, tap out on the exact same schedule as the freelancing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that did get to be challenging as well. I often found like I couldn't devote as much time as I wanted to the side business um, because I needed to focus on the legal work um, because the legal work was my bread and butter and it was, you know, I needed to do it when it was there. Um, but then when there were down periods, then I could switch more of my focus back to my other work. So it was kind of a juggling act. Um, I would joke about, you know, taking on and off my various hats throughout the day. (laughs) I I like hats, but this is a little, this is a little much sometimes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was honestly, it was pretty hard. Um, and I did, I finally got to the point, it was about five years that I did that. Yeah. And, and last fall, I was finally like, I am tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I was worn out. Um, and the lack of consistent income really does, it, it, for me, it did wear me down. Um, yeah. You know, because I do love to travel. Um but as I was, do I, because I'm like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> right. You know? The problem is, and I, I struggled with this because I'm like, even though I had, say, a six-month period or a year period where I was making good income from the legal work, mm-hmm. I was always unsure whether I could actually spend that money and yeah. take the time to go travel because I never knew if it was suddenly going to disappear. Mm-hmm. And I would need the money I had saved up from the past six months to get me through the next six months. So right. it was that feeling like I could never feel secure enough to actually, um, you know, go out and do the traveling I wanted to because um, right. I needed to just, you know, save for the rainy day. Yeah. And just to to put this in context, you, you are your own supporter. There's not, a, you, you don't have a spouse exactly. or a partner. So you're, this is really, this is your. Yeah. This is, it's all me. Your livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. No, I think that's an important thing for, for people to, to sort of know about anybody's situation is that everyone's right. situation is different. And so, um, exactly. yeah. Yeah. It, you have someone your else tolerance. Who, yeah, yeah. Who can support you with a steady income. I yeah. think that would be much less stressful. Yeah. Um, I do admittedly also live in a kind of expensive city. I live in Washington, DC, um, which well, I love. My hometown. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a great city. I love I living here. I don't have a car. It's great. I know. Um, it's funny because I grew up on Capitol Hill in the 80s when it was like, you could get a deal. It's funny. I have a lot of friends, like more than a couple, who now live in the houses that they grew up in, like their parents moved downsized, but that my generation now is living in their houses because our generation can't afford the houses on the hill. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. It's so expensive now, but, um, 
Anyway, oh yeah, that, but that, that was, was yeah. Side side <laughs> yeah. note, I yeah. digress. But yeah. you know, that was a choice that I made as well. Um, uh, I I don't regret having moved here, but um, yeah, certainly it's you know the finances were could, could yeah get a little stressful from time to time. Um, that prompts me to ask another question: Is that the freelance work that you were doing was that all remote, or would you go in? Because yeah. I'm just trying to think for like how people might like create this kind of universe for themselves is that an option to do it remotely yes, it was yeah. all remote yeah. um and in fact um one of the lawyers i worked with i have never met him in person yeah yeah <laughs> um so it's and another law firm i worked with they're both out of state both far away yeah. so um i Honestly, those five years, I feel like I was in training for the current quarantine without realizing it. Um, yeah, right. Because I, I and I can only I imagine even more of these opportunities are available now when so. everyone's used to this situation. I would think so. Yeah, I mean, law is great that way in the sense that basically we're just if you're not doing litigation, I should say, you know, you're yeah. basically just working with documents and. Yeah. Everything is online now. Um, you know, even if you're doing diligence, um, the documents are all online. Um, yeah. When I was a baby lawyer, we once had to go to Pittsburgh and sit in a giant warehouse to look at documents. You know, we don't have to yeah, do exactly. that anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you truly, with a good internet connection, you can truly do it anywhere. Yeah. Which is cool because then you yeah. could, if it worked for your life, live somewhere less expensive exactly. and you know, maybe it becomes more manageable. Exactly. Um, or go live abroad for a while. Um, well, yes. And, and do it there. <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of options. I guess you just have to deal with the time differences. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but actually, my husband lived in did a remote job in Italy for a year and yeah. it was, it was okay. But at some points <laughs> it, that could be challenging. Right. When they want to have a meeting at 6 PM and it's right. night for you. Yeah. 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 But, but I just like the idea that there are these sort of creative ways to pull pieces together yeah. that people might not think about in terms of um, building a sort of a, an atypical legal career. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, and I will say I will never get rid of my law license. Um, you know, that was so hard one. Um, I did go to inactive status for a Mm -hmm. few years, um, which you pay less dues, um, but your license is still there and then it's easy to, to reactivate it when you want to get back into practice. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. um, Absolutely worth hanging on to that. (laughs) <laughs> I've been doing that for nine years now and I'm finally like, maybe I don't need to pay that money every year. <laughs> TBD. You but never it, know. It always seems like a good, you know, just backup plan. Even exactly. now, right? right? Just, like I have no intention of ever practicing law again, but I still just hold on to it because it just seems like a good idea. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you don't want to start over. Um, no. If you ever had to, if you ever wanted to revive it for some reason, that was yeah, terrible. yeah, so yeah, it's so worth you're juggling, uh, yeah, <laughs> so you're juggling all these pieces, and how was the travel business going? You know, not as well as I would have liked. Um, yeah. It was a struggle. Um, you know, partly being pulled in so many different directions, 
and being a one woman show. Um, um, it was, it was a challenge. And I ultimately decided last fall that I was, I was ready to take a break from it. Um, it wasn't going well enough that I, um, you know, could see myself really sticking with it much longer. Um, and so this, this is interesting. So I started to apply for jobs last fall, winter. Um, and I just, I kind of had this feeling like I just knew, like, I need to get a full-time legal job again. Um, but there's still like a little part of me that was like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Should, you know, is this the right decision? Should I really be, you know, quote unquote, giving up on this freelancing and the, the travel business and all of that? Yeah. Well, I started my new job. I'm now in-house with a nonprofit organization. Um, I started that new job on March 1st essentially. Yeah. Um, and I was there for two weeks and they sent us all home to telework. Um, <laughs> and you know, the travel business would be dead in the water right now if I had, right. you know, uh, yeah. taken this job, my legal freelance work probably would have fallen off a good bit with the economic downturn. Um, yeah. I would have been in a really top spot. Um, and instead I'm actually in a really good position relative to how everyone else is doing right now. Um, and it was kind of one of those rare instances where I realized I had proof that I had made the right decision at the right Right. time and had no idea why at the time. Um, I think most of the time we don't get to see that kind of immediate proof, but (laughs) I I took it, I took the lesson away from that of, I am never going to second guess myself again. Um, you know, I got that kind of bee in my bonnet that it was time to make a change, time to do something different. Um, and you know, if I get that again, I'm going to trust myself, trust my gut, you know, trust your intuition, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, there's a reason that you're making a decision at a particular time to just go with it. Don't. Yeah. And that it doesn't have to be this linear thing. I think that's like an important, important message uh, takeaway is that, you know, it doesn't be, oh, you have to leave a big firm and then go do something and that's the thing you're going to do forever. It, it can be the middle ground that you did. It can go be back into full-time practice. You, who knows? You could leave again at some point if the yeah. circumstances and your gut tells you to, but that uh, you don't have to be so scared of making a change because you know it is more fluid than people think. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I have switched gears so many times now just in the last decade. Um, and that's definitely one of the top things I've learned that it is okay to change your mind. Um, I feel like we get a lot of pressure and even shame from society about changing our mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but it's okay. You know, it's sometimes things just don't work out. Sometimes you discover you don't like something that you thought you would. Um, and when that happens, you have to let go or be dragged. I love that saying. <laughs> you had said that to me before, and I just yeah, it's such a great. I think it's supposed to be a, a Zen saying. I don't know where it comes from, but it is a great. It gives me such a great visual reminder as well, such a visual image, right? Of being dragged down the street if you're, <laughs> um, right. and you know, there's also this school of thought that there are no mistakes, which. Yeah my very logical brain kind of struggles with that sometimes because I'm like, well, some things really are mistakes, but you know, the idea is that 
every experience is an opportunity to learn and grow and evolve and yeah will help you make a different better decision next time um, absolutely someone said I, I saw someone saying you know failure is just feedback and so it's right. not even failure right it's just okay that didn't work let me try something else or something works for a certain season of your life and then it doesn't work you know it doesn't exactly um, all have to make sense all at the same time right <laughs> right you know i i admire people who develop those like five year plans and 10 year plans for their life but i have never done that for myself i i feel like it's almost like trying to play three dimensional chess with your life right because there's just too many variables um too many things you just can't predict um i I'll plan maybe one or two steps ahead. And then right. I feel like I just got to wait and see what happens yeah. and, and readjust as you go. That feels very like appropriate for the world we're living in right now. Cause I, I feel like I don't, I can't make any plan more than really a week ahead of time. Exactly. <laughs> Let alone five years. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, we just have no idea. Um, yeah. What's going to happen. If ever there were a time to, just focus on being in the present moment. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> right. Although I do also, you know, it's not to say that, you know, just sit doing the same thing. If you're unhappy with what you're doing sure. to like push that away and ignore it and just assume like things will, will happen. It's like, yeah, it, there is a place for like, you know, thinking ahead and making, you know, some level of plans, but it's also knowing that, those plans may shift because the world yeah. changes around you and they may shift because your life changes in some ways. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm always, I always advocate for always be thinking about what you want and where you want to be in the world and, you know, what would make you happy. And you just may not be able to make the particular plans of this is when I'm going to start my business and this is when I'm going to, leave this job, you know, you just might have to have more kind of like the big picture idea right. in mind and, and you I can always be stewing over that. Yeah. And I, I think that's, a, I think it's so true. And I think it is still one of the hardest things for people who are kind of wired, like most lawyers are wired, is this idea of just kind of um, having a general idea and a, and a general sort of outline, but not like aggressively, you know, knowing exactly what step comes next and right. there being a clear path, this idea that you just kind of have a cloud of ideas that you right. let rain down on you as, as it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it's helpful to let things percolate. Yes. You know, yes. and you know, your ideas may evolve and shift the more you think about them. Um, so it's a it's a good time to percolate. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now I will say on the other hand, I I do know people who have ideas of things they think they want to do and they will never actually get started on them because they feel like they have to have everything lined up and just so and have to be exactly ready. And that's not great either <laughs> because yeah. ultimately you will never feel ready. Um, yeah. Nothing will ever be all lined up perfectly. You know, at, at a certain point 
um, you have to take a leap um, yeah. and just do something. <laughs> I know. And it's just so, it's so hard. Like <laughs> that, I think I may have said this before on this podcast, but there's this phrase says ready, fire, aim. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's this idea of like yes you set up as much as you can but at some point you just pull the trigger and then you know yeah make it work from there exactly exactly I guess nowadays the word pivot is like big everybody's having to Mm -hmm. talk about pivoting um to adapt to the to the pandemic but that is a good term in general just in life you know when things come up you have to be ready to pivot and shift or twirl, you know, whatever yeah. visual you want to put on it um, to deal with, with whatever comes up. Yeah. Have you had any, like, are there any books or resources that have helped you sort of as you've gone through a number of pivots in your career? So I do really like the um, now discover your strengths, strengths, Strengths Finder Assessment. Um, yes, familiar with that. I do too. I oh, am. I've taken it. And it basically so told me I have no business being a lawyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that it's super helpful. I feel like if you're at the stage of you're not sure what you want to do next. Yeah. It's like it's a great kind of career planning resource of helping you recognize what you're really good at. Yeah. Um, what, are, what are your top five? Do you remember them? So I know one of them is a ranger, which is basically hmm. someone who like puts puzzle pieces together. And that makes sense. Basically travel planning is yeah. you know, putting together all the pieces of a trip, for example. Um, Harmony is one, um, you know, I want everybody to get along and find yeah. you know, their middle ground. Um now I'm not going to remember what the other ones are off the top of my head. Oh, I was just curious. Was, yeah. I think one of them was intellection, which is just because I'm always thinking in my head. Yeah. But um, it's very interesting um, to do that. And they also have an entrepreneurial risk assessment or a strength yeah. assessment, um, which is based on they identified 10 strengths that they determined were really important for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, and I took that early in my entrepreneurship thing. Yeah. And the one trait that I came out most strongly on was risk taking, hmm. which actually really surprised me because yeah, right? I don't think of myself as being a risk taker. I'm generally pretty cautious in most areas of my life. Like, you know, I drive the speed limit. I don't do extreme right. sports, that kind of thing. Um, but I am willing to take big leaps when it comes to like my major life decisions. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. I think those things are interesting because maybe it tells you like 80% what things you already know about yourself, but maybe that 20% is really makes you think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hmm. it really does. Um, So I would definitely look, look up that book. Even if you don't do the assessment, like the online assessment, I find that you can just read the book and kind of get a sense for, where you fit um, right. into some of those strengths. Um, yeah. And another thing I would say is for people interested in starting their own business, I really like Marie Forleo. Mm-hmm. She's um, on her website. She's got a ton of free videos 
um, where she talks about all kinds of stuff just related to really starting a business that's, you know, got heart and that is about your passion. Um, she also has, you know, paid programs that she does, but I've never done this. I just like her, her free content was, um, really interesting for me to listen to while I was going through all of that. Um, she also has a podcast, I think. Yes. I think she does have a podcast now. Yeah. In a book that is called Everything is Figure Outable. Yes. <laughs> Which I love. Like that just like you don't almost even need to read the book. Just, right. <laughs> the I title says what the whole premise is, but yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can always figure it out. Um, yeah. And that's a lot of what she talks about. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's a great resource. Yeah. Well, that is, you know, I think a lot of lawyers sort of tap into their risk aversion and all of that and think they wouldn't make good entrepreneurs. But I think just what you said is that in fact, you may have a lot of the skills that would make you a good entrepreneur and all this legal background that you have comes with you. And um, maybe you weren't quite as risk averse as, as you've been telling yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And we're definitely as lawyers, we are trained to identify risks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing um, because that's actually really helpful in business to yeah. be able to see, you know, here's the risk of pursuing this path, but here's how you manage it. Here's how you, you know, address it. Um, right. Maybe it's a carefully worded contract um, right. or, right. you know, the right insurance. And so we have that kind of um, that perspective yeah, for sure. that for I think sure. a lot of people don't have. Yeah, I totally agree. So I want to start wrapping up, but like you've just started this job. So that's probably what's on your horizon for the future. Yes. But do you, are you just kind of taking it as it comes or do you have a longer term vision? You know, at this point, I yeah. have no idea what the future holds. <laughs> I've kind of, yeah, yeah, I have definitely, you know, kind of put aside any notions of planning beyond you know, the foreseeable, you know, six months to a year, because, um, you know, things in the world are just a little too unsettled. Um, yeah. So I'm, I am grateful to be in the place where I am right now. Um, yeah. It's definitely where I was meant to be right now. Um, what so, a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even if it's coming yeah. from like all these other horrible circumstances, it is. <laughs> It, I know. It, um, it's good to be in this place. So um, we'll just kind of, I'm just going to see again what happens. I, yeah. So many things in my life have been unexpected and sometimes suddenly and without warning. And so um, just kind of wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if anyone had questions for you about your journey, is there a good place to find you? LinkedIn? Probably or LinkedIn at this yeah. point. Yeah. I think every, everybody should be able to, to pull up my profile on LinkedIn. All right. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I think your story is just a really interesting vision of a, of a non-linear legal career that you're making work. So I think it's really cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you reaching out to me and I've been very happy. All right. Bye.